0: All right, welcome back to the Hoop and the Harm podcast. It's a brutally cold day for me. I don't know how it is up there for you. Um, I'm one half of the hosts with Jake. Uh, I'm Jake. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? We haven't done the introduction in a while. No. <laughs> All right. This is Frank. I'm a, I'm a the, jag. Yeah. You, well, yeah, the last episode you were you were on one. You were like borderline combative. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, why is... that's my role. That's why I'm here. <laughs> well, this is the other podcast host, Frank, uh, who is being a jag apparently. Um, okay. last week we talked about a lot of the, just incidentally, just a lot of West Coast teams, and I figured we should probably balance it out and then we can get a little more specific next week as we as we go, especially given that it's so early in the season. Um so I have some teams that I want to talk about, but do you have any teams? Other, I just told you East Coast. I didn't give you anything more than that. Um, so are there any yeah. teams that you wanted to speak about? Uh, I mean, I think
1: obviously the Celtics are uh, by far and away with that trade, you know, playing well. We'll see what they do in the playoffs.
0: So, uh, you so know. I'm going to – I'm actually going to cut you off real quick. They've been playing really well. Uh, what team – have they actually been playing good against though? Like, do they have a signature win yet? Because I don't think that they do. They don't have a great – like, they haven't really beaten a real good team yet. Um, I'm trying to pull that, but they lost against – they lost against uh, Philly. They beat the Raptors. They beat Indiana. They beat the Knicks. That was kind of like a real win, I guess. Um, they beat Brooklyn – but the Pacers team. are playing really well. I put the Pacers above the Knicks right now. Oh, I absolutely would. Um, we'll get to the Pacers. Yeah. Yeah. A whole, so the Pacers is a
1: signature win. But they All can't right. control guess, the schedule.
0: Yeah, well, they're playing good against bad teams is my point. I guess the Pacers are a good team, but they're playing good against kind of m- mid-okay like okay teams, not like great teams. Like every time they played, like they really had to struggle to beat the Knicks. Which concerns me. I mean, the, the thing is, is that they are playing good. They're getting rim pressure, which is like the biggest way to indicate whether or not they're going to play good is if they're attacking the rim instead of just settling for threes. Horford has not gotten a lot of play, but you probably don't want him to this early in the season. Porzingis looks good. Drew seems to be settling into the distributor role well. But I'm just, I'm a, like, I, I'll be interested to see what happens when they start playing real defensively good teams because every time they have so far, they've kind of gotten slogged in the mud. So you don't think they're the best team in the East? I think they are. I just want I'm I want to fast forward 40 games into the season and see if they're still the best team in the East because Philly – I mean th- I think they're the best team in the East just based on the fact that the East is not incredible this year. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're we're judging
1: where they are today and I think today they're, you know, the definitely the top team in the East for sure and uh you know, what what again do they go down the same route as the Boston Bruins and play a great regular season and flame out in the playoffs? I mean, they haven't they haven't shown a, a, a great ability to win the playoffs, which, you know, but we're, what are we, are we not, are we not even a month in the season, are we? Uh, yeah, no, we're like two or three weeks in, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, we, it is what it is. We're talking about where we are today, and today they are definitely the best team in the East. There's no question about that. And uh, you know they they do have a new new player in the mix. Yeah. The, the the trouble is gone, and Marcus Smart, and they got they you know Drew Holiday is settling in the role nicely, and you know hopefully they're going to continue to get better. But I mean, how much better do you need to get right now? They're they're playing great, and um, you know that's where we are today. Might change, but I don't know that I see anybody in the East that's going to come up and play much much better than they're playing right now. I mean, the Sixers are, are playing really well. Embiid's playing like a true, true MVP. But again, that's another team that just, you know, seems to get out in flames in the playoffs. So, I mean, where we are today, it's it's the Celtics and everybody else in the East.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll acquiesce to that. I'd like to see them. I, I'm still holding judgment if I'm going to say that. I mean, I already said that. I think do that. want to note uh it was
1: one week ago today when i uh made the statement that the pelicans we
0: lost you a little bit there are you making fun of the pelicans again i lost you you're frozen can you hear me now yeah i got you all right i'm back yeah are you making fun of the pelicans again
1: well, I'm just saying it was a week ago today when I uh, I said they were going to go five and ten in the next fifteen games. And if I if I look, if my information is correct, they're they're zero and three since that point, playing tonight, right?
0: Uh, I'm pulling it up right now, but that sounds about right for how they're going. You don't, def- you don't need to. You don't need to pull it up. You don't. You don't need to pull it up. In in my defense, I at that time I did not know that C.J. McCollum was going to have a deflated loan. So, just give the clubs, you know, the guy just a, a, a messed up lung. Let's give him time to get back, get well soon. Give me some cover for my statement. Not looking too good for me now. But... Even if he was playing, they'd still be 0 3.
1: No. Yeah. They're terrible. They're non-factor.
0: They're not terrible. It's their non-factor. Third-tier... All right. We're talking about East teams. We're not talking about West teams. I'm tired of you talking trash on the Gibson. Who are you? Uh, you should be saying that about Brandon Ingram. Every year he misses 60 games for like a topele. I don't even know who that is. Exactly.
1: I mean, was, was he supposed to be the next Joel Embiid?
0: No, I don't think he was no. supposed to be the next Joel Embiid. I well, think was, Zion was. Well, yeah. When I okay, first of all, that's almost disrespectful because Zion was getting compared to Shaq. So we're gonna
1: frame yeah, okay, this. Okay, anyway. there you go. Even
0: better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just give him time. He's been playing. He's played well. Okay, you, you're like an all or nothing guy with Zion Williamson. like even actually, it's more nothing with you. Like he'll put up like 40 points a game, and you would be like, "Well, let's see what happens." You're always going to move the goalposts.
1: Well, if he can consistent, listen, if he consistently plays, that's the first thing which he has never done. (laughs) And he consistently plays well and puts up, I'm not saying 40 a game, but if he averages 25 for a whole season, then I might be a little bit more open-minded right now. We got a guy that's, you know, playing about what's the average in 22 games a year since he's come into the league like that, that's not even worth talking about.
0: You keep bring it up. A lot. Huh? You seem to bring it up a lot for somebody who's not worth talking about. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just trying
1: to <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is I last week at this time I said they were going to lose 10 out of their next 15 games and they've lost 3. So that's all I'm saying.
0: All right, we'll I ain't back. saying he's a
1: bum. I'm just saying you got you just got to show show me something, and he's not showing anything. So that's all. But let's get back to the East. Who's the kid that got run over by the car?
0: Oh man, Kelly Uber, that's bad. He's uh he actually you mentioned the Sixers being like the second best team in the East. He's he's played for the Sixers. He's been playing the best basketball of his career. He's putting up like twenty a game. Playing really good defense, a guy who's not known for defense. And as he was, I think as he was leaving the game yesterday, as he was leaving the arena, he got hit by a car, hit and run. The car drove off. Um, He has broken ribs and multiple injuries. He'll he'll, long term, he'll be fine, but it's going to be a couple weeks, probably a couple months before he comes back and plays. Um, So you just feel bad for him. He's having the best career, best year of his career. Yeah, that
1: that, that was good. That was a leading question. I know, I know who he is, but this is why. This is why daylight savings time is, e- is evil. This is why. Because he's walking home at 7.30 at night in pitch black. Guy, He's trying to cross the street. Guy makes a turn, hits him with his mirror. Guy, He got hit with a mirror, first of all. I don't know what kind of mirror the guy had on his car, but he broke a, broke a guy's rib with his mirror and then took off. They never even found the guy. But if it was daylight when he was walking home, that wouldn't have happened.
0: Well, it also – daylight was- savings time is evil, man. 'm I'm, I'm so like I did not expect this to be yeah, I didn't expect you to get political on the on the basketball podcast here
1: that's not political it's <laughs> just that we should be doing away with daylight savings times poor kid got run over because he's walking home in the pit's black
0: I think you could make the argument that whether or not the daylight was the case like daylight savings is the case I don't think that it matters because the guy if the guy is moving that fast through like a, a crosswalk he probably would have hit him anyway like if he's going fast enough to break someone's rib cage with just a mirror, that guy's probably a maniac and shouldn't be driving in daytime or nighttime.
1: I'm saying a top-tier athlete walking across the street in the daylight sees that and moves or stops walking. That's all I'm saying.
0: I'm gonna I, that's I my unit again yeah yeah, yeah. You, you you're up in the in the distant the hot castle over at the at the studios the palatial estates the police <laughs> yeah I I just feel bad for him whether whatever reason he got hit by the car it just sucks I mean seems like a really good guy they they just had a story in Philly News about how he was like he spent like an extra 20 minutes with the a kid in a wheelchair, like talking to him, so you just feel bad for him. Especially with, you know, it's never fun to get hit by a car. I can't imagine. So, get well, well, he was the almost in wheelchair himself. He was almost the kid getting talked to. Yeah, to I mean... one step. He apparently he was getting like he he get he skidded across the pavement. So, but luckily well, he yeah, wasn't. I mean, you, you break a couple of ribs. I can see how that would be the case. But then
1: the guy took off and everyone caught the guy. Yeah, I mean, there's still
0: might, but like. It, That's it, is kind of wild that the dude hit hit and run, like did a hit and run. I just well, it's Philly. I mean, listen, you ain't got to tell me. I'm from the same, I'm from that state. You live there, yeah. I got it.
1: All right, so you're about this kid, Ben Simmons. He is, is he becoming an NBA
0: player? If he is, it's a freaking like eighth, ninth man, like he, he plays fine, but he's never like, I mean, not that he was amazing beforehand, but he just does not, he does not look as athletic as he used to be. He just, he, he's, he still cannot get to the rim and risk getting fouled. Like that, that's like, he just cannot get over that fear of the public humiliation, even in a market like Brooklyn that does not care about that as much as he is not anywhere near as fervent as Philadelphia. We're going to talk about Philly. Philly's one of the most intense markets to play in. Brooklyn Brooklyn doesn't have a real team. They've they've had fake fans the entire existence. He still can't be able to be, to get over that fear of public humiliation. Giannis is shooting like 52% at the free throw run. He keeps going. This guy, like, can't get over that. Like, it's just bizarre. He needs to take my free throw shooting class. It might help him. Like, it... Anything like I just I don't understand how you as like listen, Jacques Vaughn and the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff have forgotten more about basketball than I've ever known or ever will know. But I don't understand how you don't just like drill this guy constantly every chance you can get to shoot the free throws and get out of that slump. I don't get it. He's had the yips for his entire NBA career. And it's bizarre. Yeah, I'm telling you, I could help him. All right, we're gonna ship you up to Brooklyn. I'm very expensive. More expensive than a $46 million NBA player? You just don't like to leave the studio. Or the Palacio. What do you call them? The (laughs) Palacio? We'll see. (laughs) So, go ahead. What do you got? Yes. Uh, I got – the first thing I want to talk about is Scotty Barnes, who almost had a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist where his first rookie season was awesome and then his second season and everything after was terrible because he had that great rookie of the year season, which I don't think he should have won, um, but certainly should have been in the running for it. Then he had a terrible second season. And then this year he's actually bounced back. And then the stats aren't like jump off the page good, but he is noticeably better than he was a season ago. Um, and I mean, Toronto's again, like a 500 team. They're not doing anything this season, but he's averaging, I think five, five more points a game, uh, three more rebounds a game, an assist more game. He's shooting about the same um at the rim and he's shooting substantially better from three. His defense is back. I mean, he he looks really, really good. He's pretty clearly to me better than OG. Um, but I don't maybe even better than Pascal Siakam. He might be the best player on that team right now. You got nothing for me.
1: No, I, I yeah, I don't disagree. He's, he, yeah, he's you know he's he's a nice player. Finally. You're right, he had that good rookie year and then nobody heard of him for a couple of years. But who's your who's your biggest disappointment in the East? Team or player?
0: Team. Uh geez, I have to give you to give me a second. Actually, no, I don't need to think about that pretty clearly now that I'm thinking about the the Milwaukee Bucks. Real. What is what is happening over there? I mean, who else would you who would yours be? I mean, oh, I, I I think Cleveland. I thought I Cleveland of, was going to be really good. Cleveland still has a chance. They they had like seven injuries. They like they they've looked really good over the last five games. They beat uh, Golden State twice, and they looked really good doing it. I think I think they'll be a lot better than than they have been. I think they just need to get some time. I, I thought Milwaukee was going to come out of the East. Yeah, it's early, but, but Cleveland and the Knicks are the two
1: biggest disappointments in the East.
0: Yeah, the Knicks look weird. And they man. did not. Ju- I don't know what is happening. Like Julius Randle has this NBA tradition where he can't have two seasons in a row where he's good. Um, And they also have the time-aged Thibodeau tradition where they're really good on defense. I think they're second in the league, um, and they're god-awful on offense, even with Jalen Brunson, which is a problem. Um, and they like the they just cannot get out of the Julius Randle experience where he's just gonna take 15 possessions off in a row, let the Knicks play like four on five. Mitchell Robinson will cover up all of his defensive mistakes, and then they still get blown out. Like it's just bizarre watching him play season to season. And the other thing more of a disappointment right now, Cleveland or New York. I think New York, because I think to me, I think you disagree with this, but I think Cleveland is going to long-term come back. Like I think they're going to find their sway and and get into it. I think that once, now that the injuries are kind of over, they've got a really good team and they're figuring out once again, how to play. So I think they'll come up from 10th, like they're 10th in the league, right? Or in the NBA or 10th in the East right now. I think they'll get better than that. I don't think this offense is getting any better in New York. The defense is incredible, but The Julius like it it just looks so clanky sometimes, and and RJ Barrett looks really good, but it's I just cannot figure out how this team scores any points at all. Who's your Who do you think's more disappointing?
1: Yeah, I still think Cleveland's bigger disappointment. Like I think so the Knicks, the Knicks are barely they're a mid level team anyway.
0: (laughs) What's that? Nothing of it. What did you say? You, yeah, I lost it. What did you say? I just said, "Who do you think's more at this point?" But
1: you were already going into it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think Cleveland is like I think the Knicks are the next. Like I think the Knicks are about as good as they're playing right now. I don't think they're going to play much. You know, they're they're a mid level team, barely. You know, play and, and like play in team is about what their level. But I expected Cleveland to be, you know, probably third. Maybe fourth, and they're and again I'll, I'll give them the injuries, but they're just they're not playing well.
0: I think in as an opposite to your New Orleans take, I think in about fifteen games you're going to see them shoot up the standings. I think they're going to be good.
1: Okay, you will,
0: you won't see that from New Orleans. I can tell you that. Well, I never said they were going to shoot up the standings. I just thought they were going to go five hundred. So I guess I'm not the biggest endorsement. You know who has shot up the standings? Right. Indiana. What's that? I said, you know who has? Yeah, shot I up think the Pacers standings? are the surprise. that, that, that I didn't. I expected them to be good this year. I didn't expect them to be this good. You know who's a bigger surprise than Indiana? In a good way. Yeah, they're weirdly yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, their defense—they're def- they're like I think they're third defensively in the league, which I did not expect with a team that young. But then you kind of sit and think about it—you've got all these guys that are super long, super athletic, rangy. They can sw- like Franz Wagner is like 6'9". He can switch on anybody. Like they look really fun, and I—they seem to have settled their starting point guard thing. Into Marco Holtz and Jalen Suggs, there doesn't seem to be a lot of this like four man guard rotation anymore, which is good. I think they needed to figure that out. Jalen Suggs can't hit a shot anywhere. They had a, he had a good night, I think, two nights ago, and he shot like seventy percent when they lost. But he, he just his I don't I don't even want to know what his career field goal percentage is because he looks like it's almost like if you ran me out on the court and were like giving me the ball. But they are they are exciting.
1: Yeah, fun to watch. Detroit is also fun to watch. I haven't seen them play. I, I have, all of us can afford the NBA package.
0: It's like seven dollars. I'll tell you. I was doing my budget the other day, and before I, I, I. This is a long story, not at all about basketball. But I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, I had like accidentally I like accounted for taxes twice in my budget. So I was getting charged twice for taxes and I was realizing I was going to have to cut some stuff and go through. And I was like, man, it's going to, I was like cutting everything I could except for the NBA package. because <laughs> Several watched so bad. It was like $7. And I was like trying to figure out anything I could cut. And then I realized I was mistaken. I was fine. So is the, is the NBA package above or below food? The, the groceries were getting cut a little bit, a little bit, like, we are were, we were gonna That's a we were, little scary, but okay. We were just gonna cut back on the amount of eggs I eat. All right. You I eat a lot of eggs. It's gonna be all right.
1: Eggs are expensive, I get it. But still, that's <laughs> a little
0: scary. <laughs> but Detroit has been they're like the ultimate well, Indiana was gonna be the ultimate league uh team, but they like they're third in the NBA, they've catapulted past that. Detroit seems really fun Jalen Dern is having a breakout season he looks great he's averaging almost 11 rebounds a game he looks athletically he's a monster he's he's actually quite like way better defensively than I thought he would be um I don't have the numbers but he's a plus defender in basically any situation you put him in he's so quick even at seven foot he's so quick he's so like his arms are so long he can defend the perimeter he looks really good I did not expect him to be this good. You this love best. the defensive guys, don't you? I just think that given where the league is at right now... You love those defensive guys, don't you? I just think that where the league is at right now, with so much focus on offense, I really, really appreciate when a guy is a really good defender. Like there, you just see so many guys get away with being terrible defenders because they can put up 35 on a nightly basis. I just... I. I'm fascinated and really, really enjoy watching really good defense. I don't care. Like I hate when I watch those like ESPN shows when it's like best defense in the NBA and it's just blocks because those are important. But like I like I love watching the guys who aren't getting a ton of blocks but are locking people down all over the court. And Jalen Dirt is one of those guys. It's super fun to watch that. We all watch it because of the dunks and like the three point shooting. But I... good.
1: So the non-big-man defender. The non-big-man defender is what you love. I love any defense. I mean, Jalen Duren's a
0: big-man defender, but he he plays a lot like a an any-man defender. But yes, I, I prefer watching point-of-attack defense more than, than big-man defense, even though that is all... Like, I enjoy it all, but We're, yeah.
1: More than Wemby sitting through him and just throwing shots away.
0: Yeah, I was... Yeah, I, it's fun to watch Wemby, but, like, it's almost like it feels weird to just watch a guy who's really good at defense just because he's big. You know what I mean? Like, I like the guys that are like, okay, I know you're going to set a screen here. I'm going to cut behind you because he likes to go to his left and then get around. It. Like, that's, that's cool to me. Like I'm a thinking, I like, I like the, the thinking aspect of it. It's like a puzzle. You know what I mean? I got it. Yeah. So Jalen Duren's good. Cade is, Cade looks great. I know you haven't watched any games, but he's averaging like 24-4 and seven, which is like two assists more than he's ever averaged. His turnover rate is terrible, um, which he needs to get that. And the three is getting better, but still needs work. But he he clearly looks stronger. He clearly looks more like confident playing basketball. The the biggest thing for Detroit that does not make any sense to me is um, – and I'm going to set you up for a who that you love to do here. Uh, Jaden Ivey has not played basically at all the season because of Killian Hayes is the starting guard at the two have you ever heard of Killian Hayes I've not heard of Killian Hayes where do you play college I think he was French I think he played overseas oh well I definitely haven't heard of him yeah because he is but he's, he's good not, no he's not he's like a minus 15 every game oh I don't understand how he's getting starting minutes off of Jaden Ivey. I know Jaden Ivey is he's he's he has like a cold or flu or something right now, so that's why he's not playing. But why he wasn't the starting two guard as uh when the when the season started, I don't understand. Killian Hayes' is like career three-point percentage is like 17%. Jaden Ivey had the second best three-point percentage in his rookie class last year. Like it does like he's Killian Hayes is a worst defender. He's a worst playmaker. He's a way less athletic. I don't understand why Jaden Ivey is not getting any minutes. It does not make any sense to me. It makes almost less sense than Jeremy Schohan getting point guard minutes. But I have a whole rant about that later. That you should that's, call the coach if of uh, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, I can't help but feel that Monty Williams, A, would not pick up my number, and B, would not take kindly to being told what to do with his, his card rotation.
1: Well, you never know.
0: Well, you seem to know a lot of people. If you get his number, send it in, and I'll, I'll let them know what I think. Maybe I'll write another letter to the Detroit Pistons so they can laugh at me again. I'll text them. Oh. <laughs> uh. I do want to go back to the Pacers real quick because there's one thing that we didn't really touch on. This team is unbelievably offensively good. They cannot play defense. They are 26th in defense. They're number one in offense and 26th on defense. They produce... Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. They produce 126 points per game. They allow 121.6. Like, it is just a revolving door into the paint for them. Um, And Miles Turner is a good shot blocker he can lock down the rim but he is not a great shot blocker he's only averaging 1.7 blocks this year they don't really have anybody that can like shut anyone down and i know what you're going to say it's like the first year of a rebuild they're just like trying to figure out all their young guys i get that this is more of a four years down the line problem but it is very intriguing to me that they paid bruce brown 20 million dollars a year and that's basically their best defender. Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, it's, this is, I was going to say when
1: you you were talking about how much you like defenders, I mean, you know, those guys are so offensively talented, Mm -hmm. all of them, all of the league that, well, except for maybe Ben Simmons, but (laughs) that it's, that's, that's, that's what what wins championships. You know, that's like, you, you, you need, you need the offense. I mean, when you get into the playoffs, Defense is not going to win you championship in the NBA. It's just not.
0: It does seem like that is switching. because those
1: guys are all they're they're all freaks. Like you can't yeah. like you, they're, they're, it's impossible to defend them. Most of those offensive scorers on on a, on a night by night
0: basis, it's impossible to stop them. They're just all, all too good. Yeah, I think it has switched a little bit to like in the past. It was everything had to be you had to be some of the best defenses. To win the NBA championship, and you just had to scrape enough points off of the other team's defense. That is, I think, since over once the Warriors took over, I think that changed. Even though the Warriors hung their hat on their defense, I think nowadays it is much more important to have an unbelievable offense and just hope you can outscore the other team. I mean, if you look at how the like teams are constructed just this season, um, it's pretty clear the teams are going all in on that. They've got you know, they're they're doing Luca and Kyrie. Uh, like the the Boston Celtics are are doing all in on the three point shot. The Phoenix Suns went on the triple, you know, the big three with the, the monster scores. Like it's pretty clear now that that what you're saying is probably correct nowadays.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's not that, the three point line really, and the Warriors, you know, took advantage of that and and that changed the league. But that's the problem. You know, if you you you, it's impossible to really defend. If you have a couple of good three-point shooters and a guy that can get to the rack, you know you're, just, you're not going to defend that
0: consistently night in, night out. You're just not. Yeah. So that's also. Well, that's. I mean, that's why I like defense so much. So, all right, we've got nine minutes left on our, on our episode. Do you want to? I do you think we can talk about Showhand and the NCA tournament.
1: Uh, I, I, I want, I want you to I want you to explain this midseason tournament to me even though it's not the midseason. Um <laughs> but the last thing I had was uh uh what uh, what's his name from a Grizzly said about the refs? Oh. What'd
0: you think about that. i so, you knew is this a, you yeah. know this? Yeah, we've talked about this before we ever had the podcast. So did you do this on purpose to get me riled up? No. Okay, well I'm getting riled up. Taylor Jenkins, so do you – I know you don't watch nearly as much basketball as I did. Did you watch any of the Warriors-Grizzlies matchup in 2022?
1: Nobody watches as much basketball as you do, first of all. So that was uh, a statement that didn't need to be said. Uh, And the answer to that question is no. I did not watch – the Warriors, and whoever in 2022? No.
0: Okay. So, in 2022, Warriors beat the Grizzlies. Six-game series. Pretty competitive. The closest the Warriors came to losing until the finals. Uh, And every single game, Taylor Jenkins complained about something. Like, he tried to get Jordan Poole suspended for coming off the bench when he was defending Gary Payton when he got his legs taken out from under him in the air by 30, played by Dylan Brooks. He complained about the game-winning block that Draymond had in Game Five through Game Four, saying that if it wasn't the Warriors, they wouldn't have gotten that call. He complained about uh, John Morant getting a dirty play because he thought that Jordan Poole hurt him until it came out that Jordan Poole had never actually touched him in the area that they had said he did. He had actually hurt himself on Klay Thompson's leg because he fouled play. Like he just there is nothing that is ever the Grizzlies' fault. He's unbelievably immature. You, I have no like confusion at all why that team is so immature when that is their coach who just constantly is complaining about referees it's a bad look for the league he's a grown man who's dropping f-bombs about like the reps and like i complain about the reps too i get it like it's the easiest thing to to like the easiest uh, what, scapegoat in any game but it is unbelievable to me that a grown coach is going to go out there and drop an f-bomb and talk about how it's rigged against the Grizzlies and just you know, moan and complain about how everything's against them. You have four starters out. You're going to suck this season. If you don't like this nine games into the season, you look like you're about to say something.
1: Well, they they only fined him 25. The league only fined him 25 grand. So They didn't take it very seriously. Like that's a – for what he said, that's a really low number.
0: I'm surprised. I did not know that it was only 25. I thought it was a I, when I heard about it last night, I thought it was gonna be $50,000. So that, I mean, he, at minimum 50, 50 K. So, I mean, I they clearly didn't think it was that big of a deal either. But to me, that was insane. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't like whenever anybody complains about the refs, you know, or or umpires, you know, refs in NFL. Refs in college. It's like, you know, to get to that level uh, as an official, it's it's a real. You go through a lot, and those guys are all well now in the NBA. Well, even the talented, skilled, knowledgeable. You know, part of the problem is that, and this is in every league, the game moves so fast. That's the yeah. problem. And it's you know you can only see what you can see with the human eye at certain sp- at that at that speed so but yeah I I don't like I don't like when anybody complains about the refs I really don't like I, other than that one time in the NBA you know I think we can all agree that the refs are doing the best job that they can and again these guys are so fast and so physical and just you know it's impossible you you could you know it's kind of like you can call holding on every NFL play you could probably call a foul. On every NBA play where a player goes to the rim. Like it's just I can't stand. I never liked it when LeBron did it. I don't like it when I, I don't like it when anybody does it. Like it's you know, the refs are doing the best they can at that speed. They're doing a great job overall. If you want to win, play better. That's it. The refs don't have anything to do with it, just play better. That's how you win. But we got we, we got we got four minutes left. I need you to explain this mid-season tournament to me in in two minutes and 13 seconds, and then I'll respond.
0: Okay, I can do that. So there's three groups of five for each conference. They've tried to do it so that there's an equal smattering of great, good, and bad teams based on the season before. Each team will play the other four teams once, twice – or, like, one. they'll have two home games and two away games. Um, only on Tuesdays and Fridays, I think, that those are the in-season games Um, quote unquote the best record in each conference each group, so group A, B or C automatically moves in and then the second best that didn't get a a bid out of each conference also goes as a wild card for four total teams for each conference, eight teams in in the champion round then they go into the knockout rounds it's just single elimination and then the last two teams standing play in the NBA Cup if you win the NBA Cup, you get five hundred thousand dollars per player, and each coach gets five hundred thousand dollars. Second place gets two hundred thousand per player per coach. Third place gets three or one hundred thousand per player per coach. Uh, and then the teams that don't make the knockout round, they still play eighty-two games. They just get a random game, two games added on. Um, and you can tell which ones are the in-season tournaments because they have the super fancy, glaringly ugly courts. It looks like you have a question. What? What can I do for you?
1: I have a question. Why? <laughs> just...
0: So that's that to me was my biggest problem. Well, why? Why? Why are? Why are they doing? I, I I so the the reason is money. They want to be able to go to because they have to renegotiate the TV deal, and they want to be able to say, "Look, we have so many viewers because of this in-season tournament, we got this many new viewers. Please give me millions of dollars." But it's an admittance to me that the product is suffering, that they know or they think that people aren't watching NBA games in the same way they're used to. You
1: look distraught. So, so the whole point is to get more people to watch?
0: I think that's generally the idea, yes. But nobody,
1: like no normal human being, could understand... What you just described and it's not because you didn't describe it well like you did a great job describing it but i'm sitting here as like an average guy who just like watches great competition like that's what i like to watch I'm not an nba guy i'm not an nfl guy like i just like watching great competition it's the only reason why i watch the nba and you know so i'm not like some super sports guru I ain't the brightest guy in the world, but I ain't the dumbest either. And what you just described makes no sense, like no sense. I could not, like, if there was a person with a gun at my head right now, and I had to like give a description of the midseason tournament, I still couldn't do it. I just don't get it. Like, I don't get it. What are they? What are they doing? Like, what? It makes no sense. They're only playing on Tuesdays and Thursdays.
0: Yeah, it's something like that. Is that what you said? Yeah. And 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 if you win, you get money. Yeah, where the average contract in the NBA is 15 million dollars but and so you get 500k yeah do the players like it they seem to be very bought-in I was actually surprised by that like a lot of players are like we're just trying to get to the championship round we want that NBA Cup I
1: mean you know I like like, like I hey listen I'm I'm about it like you know I I get that like you make you know, half a million dollar bonus checks, half a million dollar bonus check. You know, you go, you go buy your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever, something nice. I get that, but man, is it dumb? Is it going to keep going? You
0: think they're going to keep doing it? I think they will. I, I didn't want them to do it in the first place, but I think it keeps going. Unfortunately,
1: like the play-in tournament, I can kind of buy, but you know, this mid-season.